We're going to wrap up a series we've been teaching on on Wednesday nights, and it's been called A Trinity of Power. A Trinity of Power. And as we've looked, our God is a God of Trinity. I mean, He has revealed Himself to us as a God of Trinity. God the Father and God the Son and God the Holy Spirit. He's a tripartite God. Uh, we look through the Bible, we see a lot of trinities throughout the Bible. We were created in trinity. God created us in His image, body, soul, and spirit. We are. Uh, we see that uh, if you study the Hebrew Bible, in Hebrew it's got three sections that it's been set into. Uh, we look at the baptisms uh, for the New Testament believer, and there's three baptisms the Bible talks about, where a believer gives his heart and life to Jesus and places his faith in Christ, and it says the Holy Spirit baptizes you into the body of Christ, that you're a new creation in Christ Jesus. Something supernatural and miraculous happens when you get born again. It's not just a prayer. It's not just a, an event in your life uh, that others got to witness. It is a true transformation that takes place. And the Holy Spirit baptizes us into the body of Christ. Then Jesus said, believe and be baptized. That's why we do believer's baptism. And uh, so you're old enough to believe, then we can baptize you. Uh, so we have a believer's baptism where the minister baptizes you in water, just like Jesus was baptized by John the Baptist. And then we see uh, there's another baptism of the Holy Spirit where Jesus baptizes us with the Holy Spirit. And we see throughout the New Testament, beginning at the day of Pentecost, how the church was birthed. Our birthday was a birth of power. God birthed us in power. He says, I'm going to build my church on this rock and the gates of hell will not or shall not prevail against it. So He has created us with power of His Holy Spirit. Uh, John the Baptist says, I, there's Jesus there. I'm not worthy to untie His shoes. And I baptize Him in water. But Jesus says, I've come. As John baptized you in water, I'm going to baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. So we believe in being baptized in the Holy Spirit and power by Jesus Christ to do the work and be full, uh, have the access to the authority that God has given us as uh, Spirit-filled believers. Isn't that exciting to know that what He's called us to do, He didn't call us to do it in our own strength and in our own wisdom and by our own experiences? Boy, we'd be in trouble if that were the case, right? I know when I look in the mirror and if I had to depend on my strength and my wisdom and my experiences, I tell you what, I would never be able to accomplish what the Lord has been able to do through me. But when we have access to God himself in us, our bodies are now the temple of the Holy Ghost, the Bible says, and uh, he is dwelling in us and flowing through us with his wisdom and authority and power as we yield to him. That's why we encourage you here, don't quench the Holy Spirit. Do not grieve Him, the Bible says, but let the Holy Spirit flow in and through you always. So we've been looking at this trinity of power. We uh, began with the uh, power that He gives us in His Spirit. And we spent a whole Wednesday on that, and it's online. If you need, would like to go back and review that, has some notes online and all as well, you're welcome to do that, encouraged to do that. But there's a trinity of power, and there's power in the Spirit, that the Holy Spirit brings power of heaven to earth. The Holy Spirit brings the wisdom of heaven to earth. The Holy Spirit gives us what we need, so we need the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit gives us what we need, so we need the Holy Spirit. And I thought I'd get a bigger amen out of a, a charismatic crowd, okay? Praise the Lord. We need you, Holy Spirit. You are God with us, in us, flowing through us. Then we looked at the next Wednesday night, uh, the power in His blood. There's power in His blood. 
That was last Wednesday night as we were studying about the seven places Jesus shed His blood. That where He shed His blood, we're redeemed by the blood. Redeemed, the ransom is paid. We're brought out of prison. We're no longer locked up in that area. We were born locked up in that area. We were born with bondage in that area. But we now have access to freedom. The door has been opened. The ransom has been paid. Hallelujah. And Jesus shed His blood in seven places. So we take and apply those seven areas to our life. Crown of thorns representing poverty. Pierced His brow. Blood came upon His brow. And we know that the curse of poverty was represented there. And He broke the curse of poverty off of us. That He who was rich became poor. That we who are poor might be made rich in Christ Jesus. We don't have to live in poverty. We don't have to live worrying if we're going to starve to death. As we serve the Lord, the Lord makes a way. The Lord gives wisdom and connection and direction in our lives. He is Jehovah Jireh, our God, our provider. Amen? Praise the Lord. And Jesus in a garden, just like Adam in a garden, when Adam said, not your will, Father, but my will be done, and ate of the forbidden fruit, Jesus in a garden says, Father, not my will, but thy will be done. And he, uh, at that time, sweat great drops of blood. He redeemed our willpower. So today, the devil can't hold you bondage against your will. And by the power of the Holy Spirit and the blood of Jesus, you can say yes to God and no to the devil. You can say yes to God and no to the devil. Nobody, you can't blame anybody. You can't stand before God one day and say, I didn't have the, I didn't have the willpower uh, to say yes to serve you. He's going to say, I gave you that back and gave you access to the Holy Spirit so that you could turn from your wicked way, repent, and you could turn to me. And I, let me tell you, every one of us here today with the guidance of God's Spirit can turn our affections to the Lord and serve Him and honor Him because our willpower has been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Hallelujah. And then you remember they beat Jesus, they blindfolded him, beat him and said prophesy, and he bruised and swole all up. Isaiah said beyond recognition of man. And uh, we know in Isaiah's prophecy said that he was wounded for our transgressions, but he was bruised for our iniquities. Bruised and iniquities are tied together in Hebrew. Iniquities means that brokenness or that weakness that flows underneath the surface like a fault line. Uh, for an earthquake. Everything looks perfect, but the pressure gets just right. The weakness exposes itself and destruction comes. Some of us, all of us, are born with iniquities. The sins of the Father, the Bible did not say passes to generation to generation, but the iniquity of the Father. So the iniquity, the weaknesses, maybe a weakness to uh, high blood pressure, heart disease, a weakness to cancer, a weakness to diabetes, a weakness to uh, losing your vision, a weakness to drug addiction, a weakness to, uh, you know, some lustful spirit that's just passed from generation to generation. Let me tell you what, Jesus bled under the skin to take care of the iniquities that's been hiding under your skin so you can be free from those iniquities and those weaknesses. And you can go to the doctor and he can say, or she can say, fill out all this paperwork about your parents and your grandparents because I need to know about their iniquities because I know iniquities pass on from generation to generation. They don't say it just that way. They just want your family history. But the reason is they know iniquity passes on. But now you can say, well, it's been stamped with the blood of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. The curse ends with me and the blessing begins with me because by faith I appropriate what Jesus did for me. Hallelujah. Just like you appropriate what he did to wash your sins away and, and save you, you appropriate means you take hold of it by faith, you appropriate it by faith, you claim it by faith, you, you clothe yourself with it by faith. You've got to do that with every one of these areas. 
you got to claim, you got to claim that he was bruised for your iniquities. He bled under the skin to redeem you for that which was hiding under your skin, that weakness there. And then, you know, his hands were nailed to the cross, hands authority in the Bible. And Jesus said, you'll lay hands on the sick, they shall recover. He's given you authority back. Uh, the devil took the authority. Jesus says, I've taken the keys from death, hell, and the grave, and I'm now giving you the authority over all the power of the enemy. Hallelujah. we got to know who we are. we got to know what is ours. Praise God. There is power in his blood. They nailed his feet to the cross. Our feet represent dominion. God says, I've given you the dominion that wherever the soles of your feet shall tread, you will usher in the kingdom of God. And the devil said, no, I'm taking over. And God says, nope, I'm sending the last Adam to redeem a whole church, an ecclesia that's going to be so powerful that the gates of hell cannot prevail against it. And they're going to take back and they're going to usher in, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Hallelujah. And then John tells us that soldier pierced his side, you know. Pierced his side, water and blood flowed out. And uh, telling us Jesus didn't die of asphyxiation on the cross, but he died of a heart that was broken open. It burst open, bled in that pericardium sac, and mixed with the water and flowed out. Goes back to Jesus' first message. He says, I'm, I'm anointed from on high. I've come to heal the brokenhearted. So every person that's been abandoned and every person's been raped and molested and every person's been lied on and every person's been cheated on and every person that's been looked over and passed over and whatever the devil has done to try to break your heart. Let me tell you what. Jesus shed blood from a broken heart to heal your broken heart. Hallelujah. And they whipped him on that whipping post that by his stripes you might be healed. If you're struggling with an, uh, any type of uh, infirmity in your body tonight, let me tell you what, say that infirmity is a spirit that is trespassing and I'm not going to live with it. I'm not going to live with it. Don't think this is just what I have to live with. Say this is the temple of the Holy Ghost and by Jesus' stripes, He shed blood for my healing. I don't have to live with this and put up a fight. Put up a fight. And don't be, uh, you know, a little, you know, I don't know the right word to use, but... Don't be the one that says, if it doesn't happen overnight, well, then God doesn't will it. Let me tell you what, you didn't get saved overnight. Let me tell you, there was a lot of prayers went up for you before you, there was a lot of warfare took a place for you. And when you got saved, you weren't the perfect angel that you are tonight, and you're still falling short of the glory. So there's a warfare, there's some warfare that takes place. And, but start fighting for what is yours. Saying, I will not allow this infirmity to just continue to just take over and live in my body unchallenged. It's not going, it's not welcome. You gotta go. You gotta go. You tell that heart disease, you gotta go. You tell whatever that disease, you gotta go. You tell that cancer, you gotta go. You tell that diabetes, you gotta go. You tell that lung disease, you gotta go. You tell that arthritis, don't become friends with Arthur. Come on now. He's not your friend. You say you gotta go. Don't claim him. This is my buddy Arthur, and I just learned. He's, we, we're good partners now, you know. He's twisting and turning and hurting just like he wants to do. No, no, no. You give me my knuckles back, and you get out. You go. You go. Hallelujah. I remember this finger right here was twisted. That finger turned that way, and I had the biggest nod, and I didn't know what it was. I thought, my goodness, what in the world? That thing's so painful. Somebody said, that's arthritis. It comes with getting older, Pastor. And they laughed like it was the funniest thing. You know, we all get, we all get Arthur. And I went home and I was like, man, I'm, I'm getting old. Arthur's moving in. And then what I preached came back to me and said, you mean you're going to let him live here? 
You came home and this criminal is living in your house, sitting in your chair, eating at your place at the table, and you're not going to challenge him? When you've been given authority over all the power, I said, you got to go. Give me my finger back, and you nodule, that's not a knuckle, you got to go. And, and I can't tell you, I fought it, I fought it, not for a day, not for two days. It seemed like it was almost a month. I was fighting it every day, and then it went away, and when it went away, I didn't even realize it went away, and it was three or four days later, I just, I was like, oh, when did that happen? Wow, that was the last time. Man, and I repented. I said, Lord, I'm so sorry. I didn't thank you the moment it left. I'm telling you, I was just, man, thank you, God. So I don't know when it left, but it left, praise God. And at 52, praise the Lord, we, we ain't got no author in here. But that don't mean there's not other attacks the enemy's brought into my body. And I'm, I'm fighting. I'm fighting anything he brings. I'm going to fight it. I'm not going to just allow it. I'm not just going to lay down and say, come on in. Because of this right here. We've been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. And either we believe it or we don't. Either we apply it or we don't. Either we stand for it or we don't. I'm, I've got, if Jesus went through that for me, let me tell you what, I'm going to at least fight for that freedom. Amen? Amen. So tonight we're going to look at this trinity of power. The third one is the power that we have in His name. The power in His name. I don't know if you realize this or not, but when you study God's names, you are being set up by God. So let me just go ahead and tell you tonight, you're being set up by God He's going to help you deepen a, his, a relationship with him. He's going to release a new measure of power. He said, when you study my name, there's a release of a new measure of power. And uh, so you've got a clearer connection to the almighty source and power of God. So, like Pastor Rodica said, you've invested your time wisely tonight because as we study the name of God, these are the things that God promises to do for us. Did you know there's power in verbalizing God's name? You need to learn to use not the name of the Lord in vain, but the name of the Lord in the victory that He has given us. Hallelujah. And His name in praise. Because when you meditate on the name of the Lord, it leads you through an open door by which you can experience God in exciting and extraordinary ways. God wants us to study His name. He has a disclosure in the Word. He says that I will give to you as you study my name. Here's how He chooses to reveal Himself to us as we study the name of God. He tells us that in His name there's peace. In His name there's comfort. In His name there's power. In His name there's provision. In His name there is healing. In His name there is destiny. In His name there is Holy Ghost anointing. In His name there is miracle working power. He tells us more and more, and I'll look at that in, the, in, in some of this teaching tonight, of all the things that are ours as we study, meditate, and say His name. When you press into the name of God, you discover the transforming power of God to be manifested in and through your life. Did, did you realize that when you speak what is right about God, not what is wrong about God, but when you speak like come in agreement with what is right about God, the Bible says that He listens to what you say. And guess what else it says? And He writes your name in a book of remembrance. It so moves the heart of God when you come in agreement with who He is 
and who he says he is, it so stirs God. Now, this amazes me because, I mean, he's got the, the celestial universe to look at and all, but this gets his attention. So much so that he has books written in books, book of remembrance of us when we do this. He loves it when we honor his name. Malachi 3 and 16, the scripture tells us, Then those who feared the Lord spoke to one another, and the Lord listened and heard them. So a book of remembrance was written before him for those who fear the Lord and who meditate on his name. For those who do what? Meditate on his name. Now this word meditate, I've underlined it here. Let's do a little study of that word. It's in the Old Testament, Malachi. So it's written in Hebrew. So in the original language, this word is kashab. It means, it is kashab is the Hebrew word. And it means to determine the strength of something, like a bridge. You go and you examine and it's like an engineer who goes in and studies and sees that everything is there that is needed and it will support your crossing. Now you go and cross that bridge. It's not just an examination. It's an examination to, an, uh, to a, a mental uh, agreement to the point that you're willing to act on what you've just examined. That's what it means, to meditate, to kashab, the name of the Lord. It would be very much like if you were determining uh, to calculation of a plan of, um, let's say, a canyon, and, uh, and you studied and you said that it was safe for passing, it was strong enough to hold you up. Now you believe that so much that you actually walked on it, that is kashab. So God wants us to meditate on his name. He wants us to examine like an engineer to, to, to the rafters and, and the, all the piers and the columns and the bolts and every, all the details. He wants you to study it and come to the determination that this name is a name you can live your life on. This is a name that you can stand boldly against the enemies of hell and say, in this name I stand against you. In this name I wage war. In this name, I will not be moved. And then you place your faith in that name. Hallelujah. Did you know the most important knowledge in the world is the knowledge of God? Is the knowledge of God. And knowledge from, of God can be obtained from observing His creation. He tells us that in, in His Word. From dealing with how He has, looking and studying how He has dealt with mankind. History or His story of dealing with mankind. And, importantly, the revelation he gives us of himself. And did you know the greatest revelation he's ever given us of himself is through his word and is in and through and by his name. He gives us understanding of his character and his nature and what he will do and what he will not do by revealing to us his many, many names throughout the Old Testament and throughout the New Testament. And like in the Old Testament, in the very beginning, you get into Genesis 1 and 1, you can't even get started in the Bible. And he does, he, here he's doing it, revealing himself. And it says, in the beginning, God, that's our English translation, but in Hebrew, it says, in the beginning, Elohim. Now, Elohim, uh, if you get in Hebrew, the last I am uh, of a word in Hebrew means it's plural. 
So he is saying uh, that I am El God, but Elohim. He's speaking in plurality uh, as the self-existent one, the eternal creator, but he's given himself a plural uh, 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 tense, not tense, but uh, setting there that he is plural, Elohim. So he reveals himself in plural form. And there we see, I believe, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit right there in the beginning. And he showed this plurality of his work, but in unity. Because it says, in the beginning, God, Elohim, created a bara. And bara, B-A-R-A, is a singular verb. So normally you would have a plural subject and a plural verb, but he has chosen to violate our own English structure here. And, uh, and he himself is showing us that we, I am, we are God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Together as one, we created. Bara, singular verb in creation. Now, I don't know about you, but that to me is revealing a lot to, of us, to us of God himself. He appeared in, to Abraham. And when he came to Abraham and made covenant with him, he says, I am El Shaddai. I am the God of more than enough. That was in Genesis 17 and 1. He said, I am El Shaddai. I am the God of overflow. When Shaddai, I'm the God, El, God. I'm the God of overflow. I am the God of abundance. A God of more than enough. He is revealing himself to us. Remember, we're to study his names. And he said, as we meditate on his name, the Bible says God is so moved that he's having a book of remembrance written about us because we're meditating, not just intellectual knowledge, but we're standing on that. So you don't have to live in fear of not having enough. You don't have to live in fear that the enemy is going to cause you to starve to death and, and live uh, in, a, in, a, in a ditch somewhere because we have an Elohim that we can place our faith in. He is the God, the Creator, and He is El Shaddai, the God of more than enough. He can make a way where there is no way because He can create the way. Hallelujah. Praise God. And he goes on and he says, I am El Elyon. Uh, we see that in the scripture, which means I am the God, the most high God. It, str it stresses God's strength. It stresses his sovereignty. It stresses his supremacy. When you see El Elyon, he is saying, don't ever fear the devil. If you're going to fear anyone, fear me. Because the devil is a puny pawn compared to my awesome power. Now, a lot of people get this backwards and they see the devil as the mighty one on this earth. But God says, you have not meditated on my name. And that means you've not studied my name to the place your faith was built up that you were willing to walk on the bridge of my name, being bold as a lion, knowing that I serve El Elyon and he is the most high God. He is all powerful and no one even compares to him. Hallelujah. He revealed himself to us as El Olam, the everlasting God. I don't run out of battery. You, don't, you can't unplug me and make me stop. I'm better than the Energizer Bunny. I keep on going. I, you found me in the Old Testament. You found me in the New Testament. You found me at uh, uh, 30 A.D. You find me at 2017 A.D. I'm not old. I'm not weary. I'm not wore out. I am still El Olam. I am the everlasting God. Hallelujah. The same God that said, let there be light. It's the God that I am today that serves you. Let me speak over your life, he would say. Praise God. 
He has revealed himself to us. He's not going to run out. He's always the same yesterday, today, and forever. Then as you go on through the Old Testament, God keeps revealing himself to us. And one way he reveals himself through his name is Yahweh. Yahweh comes from the word, it's a verb that means to exist or to be. In other words, God says, I'm independent of self-existent. I am independent of your chronos of time. I am independent if the moon, sun, stars, they fall out of the heavens. I'm independent of whether there's a gravitational pull on earth or not. I am independent because I am above and beyond and the creator of all things. Hallelujah. I am Yahweh. The economy doesn't affect me, is what he's trying to say. I'm independent of your economy. I'm independent of the tragedies that are going on around you. So don't get your eyes on the wind and the waves. Keep your eyes on me and you can walk on water because I'm independent of even the gravity that would try to drown you. Look at me. Study me. Meditate on me. Walk on my name and trust me and see that I won't show myself strong on your behalf. Praise God. And then it kind of like it amps up and it begins to build with a rolling like a steam engine as you go through the Old Testament with the compounds of Yahweh. Or we translate Jehovah. And these compounds are designated uh, or titles, designations that reveal additional facts about God's character. And you can get on a roll with these. There's lots of them. He is Yahweh or Jehovah Jireh. Uh, he, is, he is the Lord that will provide. He stresses His provision for His people that He loves us and He cares for us and He will provide. And He is Jehovah Nisi, the Lord, our banner. And this stresses that God is rallying our rallying point and our means of victory. Yes, the enemy may come in uh, like a flood, but our God will raise a standard. And the enemy comes in one way, he's got to flee a thousand ways because our God will be more than triumphant, more than conquering, and more than victorious in and through us who will stand on on his name. Let's meditate on the name of the Lord. And he is Jehovah Shalom. The Lord uh, is peace. Our God of peace. Shalom means nothing broken and nothing missing. So if there's something broken in your life and there's something missing in your life, you need to examine God in his name that he is Jehovah Shalom. He is a God that will fix what's broken and he will uh, replace what was missing in your life. Hallelujah. He is a God of perfect peace. He is Jehovah Sabaoth, the Lord of hosts. And this is a military name he's given himself, portraying himself as the commander of the armies of heaven that will invade this earth. Praise God. So we have the commander-in-chief of heaven, God himself, Jehovah Sabaoth. He says, don't you worry about what the devil's coming against you with when you know that the army of God that you have with you and the commander-in-chief, God himself, who is for you. And if God be for you, who can be against you? Amen? Amen. And then he's Jehovah Makadashim, the Lord your sanctifier. And it portrays God as the one who sanctifies and, and sets us apart to his purposes. For every one of us was created with a purpose of God. 
Every one of us has a destiny in our spiritual DNA that God wants to activate and that God wants to, with His divine GPS, help us make the right turns and, and avoid the wrong turns in life to fulfill the purpose and the destiny that He has for each of us. He is also Jehovah Roi, the Lord our Shepherd portrays Him as the great shepherd of the sheep who cares so much about us. He's going to lead us by still waters and He's going to lead us to green pastures. He wants us to be nourished. He wants us to be cared for. He wants us not to find the turbulence that would take us as sheep and destroy our lives, but find a, a still water, a calm water where we're safe to drink and safe to rest. Let me tell you what. He is a caring God. Study His name. Embrace Him for who He is. He is Jehovah Sitkanu, the Lord our righteousness. And it shows us as a God who will do for us what we can't do for ourselves. He will set what is right in our lives. He will set it right when we in our own strength can't set it right. That's why we are now the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, the Bible says. The righteousness to fulfill the law, the righteousness to be standing before God, we find in and through Jesus Christ because God is our God of righteousness and has made a way for us to come before Him pleasing in and through His Son, Jesus Christ. He is Jehovah Shema. The Lord is there. Remember Shema was that one who says, I am not giving up the bean patch. I am not giving up the harvest to the enemy. You remember in the Bible when the enemy would come in, they would wait till the Israelites would plant and harvest time was right set. And the enemy sat back and said, those stupid, stupid Israelites, they've done all the plowing. They've done all the nurturing. They've done all the watering. They've done all the weeding. They've done all the investing. And now it's harvest time. Let's go in with our hordes of, 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 of men and run those farmers into the mountains and take their harvest year after year after year. But there was one, Shema. He says, oh no, I'm not going anywhere. He says, y'all going to stick with me? The farmer says, nope, we're going to drink cow's milk and, uh, and probably eat a pig or two. No, they didn't eat pigs. So we're going to eat a chicken or two throughout to get us through the winter. We're going to make it. We're going to make it, but we're not going to fight these, these evil armies. And Shema says, I'm not going anywhere. And the Bible says that he stood his ground with a stick in his hand, and the Spirit of God came upon him. That was Jehovah Shema. Jehovah Shema. God came, and that horde of army uh, enemy that came against him, he was able to destroy them all and save the harvest by the power of God. Well, let me tell you what, the devil hasn't changed his strategy. He still wants you to work hard. He still wants you to do all the labor and all the investing and all the hard work and all. And then when it comes harvest time, he wants to come in and steal it from you. He wants to steal it from you. But it's time for you to say, devil, you're not putting your hand back in my money bag again. I'm taking the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God like Shema did. I've meditated on the name Jehovah Shema. My God is here. He's not left me. And He's going to fight for me. And I'm going to stand my ground. Devil, you're not having my harvest. You're not going to have my increase. You're not going to have my next level. Somebody say, I receive that now in Jesus' name. Amen. Then he's Jehovah Elohim Israel, the Lord God of Israel. 
then you wonder why Israel is so important even in history today. Why is such a small place that seemingly is a land that is not flowing with the milk and honey as many places in the world? Why is it such a crossroads? Why is it such a bullseye? Why is it so hated? Why is there so much against it? Well, let me tell you why. God has a covenant with Israel. It was through that bloodline that he would bring his son, Jesus Christ. Jesus was born through that bloodline. God made a covenant. And it's an earthly covenant that will be fulfilled yet. And you will see in the, in the whole eschatology of time how God fulfills that earthly covenant that he has with Israel. That's why the devil hates them so much. That's why the devil wants to wipe them off of planet earth. But do you think they, the devil's going to win? I've read the end of the book and it doesn't work that way. Why? Because Jehovah Elohim Israel is still on the throne. And let me tell you what, like the miracle of six-day war and the miracle wars of the past, you're going to see even greater miracles in the future because of is a Jehovah Elohim Israel. Because God is a God that is faithful to His covenant. Now, there's many, many more in the Old Testament, but when you step into the New Testament, you find that this revelation of God of himself continues and he shows us throughout the New Testament the same thing kind of like what Isaiah gave us in Isaiah 9 and 6 being fulfilled when Jesus is born here as the Christ here on earth and Isaiah 7 and 14 is fulfilled God is now with us God is with us as Jesus comes in and, and, and he gives us a new way of revealing himself to us uh, although in times past God had spoken in many different manners, and you know, such as theophanies and burning bushes. You remember with Moses and, and the cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night, and all these different ways. He, he had done uh, this uh, revelation, a revealing of himself, but now he's revealing himself to us in and through his only begotten Son. And this is God with us, and he said, His name shall be called Jesus, or Yeshua in Hebrew. His, his name will be called Jesus, Yeshua. There's power. Remember, third part of the Trinity of powers. There's power in His name. Now, I want, I want you to hold on now. In the next 12 minutes, we, we got to get this transition and help our meditation go to a whole other level, our kashab go to a whole other level so that we can stand on it and walk across this bridge of revelation with greater power than ever before. Hallelujah. So we see in his revelation of his son, whom he said shall be called Yeshua, it is this Yeshua is a compound name, very much like the pattern of the Old Testament, meaning, again, Yahweh, that we were looking at as Jehovah. Yahweh is Savior. So now Yeshua means Yahweh is Savior. And in this name, Yeshua, we translate it Jesus, which I believe is fine to say. You can say Yeshua if you want. Jesus is the translation of which in the English we say that we find all of the attributes of the Old Testament of God have now been compiled, compressed, and encompassed in this one name. So now, the name Yeshua, Jesus is a name, you don't have to remember what characteristic of God was it in the Old Testament that fits your situation. Now all you need to know is one name. Hallelujah. The name of Jesus. See, Jehovah Jireh, my God, my provider, is now Jesus, Yeshua. For 2 Corinthians 8 9, For you know the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, that though He was rich, yet for your sakes He became poor, that you through His poverty might become rich. 
Seek first my kingdom and my righteousness, Jesus said, and I'll provide everything that you ever have need of. So Jehovah Jireh, our God, our provider, is also Jesus. Jesus, Jesus. You can just call out the name Jesus, Yeshua, hallelujah, and believe in His power to provide, and you can see miracle provision. When we look at Jehovah Nisi, my God, my banner, we see now that He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except by or through me, Yeshua. He is our banner. He is our victory. He is our way. He is our deliverance. He is everything that we have need of. You look in the Old Testament, Jehovah Shalom, my God, my peace. And now we don't need to say Jehovah Shalom. You can if you want. But with a New Testament revelation, you can say Yeshua. Only need Jesus, Yeshua. Jesus said in John 14 and 27, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world give do I give. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let it be afraid. He is basically saying, I am Yeshua, I am Jehovah Shalom, I am your Yahweh that will make a peace uh, uh, in your life, nothing broken, nothing missing, if you place your faith in me. Hallelujah. He is Jehovah Sabaoth, the Lord of hosts. He is the commander of the armies. Jesus, Yeshua. Je Colossians 2 and 15. I don't know if I put that one up there. Maybe not. It says, for us, Jesus has disarmed the principalities and powers, and He made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them for us. So Jesus is now the leader of the army, hallelujah, of heaven. And He is our Yeshua. We can look at Jehovah, uh, uh, we can look at Jehovah Makadashim, the Lord God, our sanctifier. That is Yeshua, that is Jesus. 1 Corinthians 6, 11, and such were some of you. You were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus, he says. You were sanctified, there's Jehovah Makadashim. You were sanctified in the name of the Lord Yeshua, he says. Hallelujah, praise God. He is Jehovah Sitkanu, the Lord, our righteousness. 2 Corinthians 5.21, For he who knew no sin, he became sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Jehovah Roi, the Lord, our shepherd. Jesus is our shepherd, Yeshua. Uh, we see that in Hebrews 13. Now may the God of peace who brought up our Lord Jesus Christ from the dead, the great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make uh, you complete in every good work. I could go on with Jehovah Shema. Our God is there. Uh, Hebrews 13 and 5, Yeshua said He would never leave us nor forsake us. Jehovah Mophat is another one that means the God of wonders. And there again, Isaiah 9 and 6 said that the very Jesus that would come to us, the Yeshua, would be called a, a wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting Father. He would be called wonderful, full of wonder. Jehovah Mophat, He would be for us. So let me tell you, when the angel came to Joseph, and the angel said, you've got to write this down in your mind, your memory, and you must act upon it. And Joseph said, what is it? And the angel said, you must call his name Yeshua. You must call his name Jesus. You must call his name Jesus. Man could not be left to make a mistake naming the Savior because God had a purpose and a plan. In Malachi 3 and 16, he says, I've got my people and I promise them if they'll meditate on my name, if they'll meditate on my name, I'll write a book of remembrance. I'll be moved from heaven to, to manifest myself on earth if they'll meditate on my name. And the name, my name is important. And he compiled it all into the name Jesus. And the angel came to Joseph and said, you're going to name him Jesus, Yeshua. Hallelujah. 
And that's why you and I can cast demons out in the name of Jesus. That's why we can be delivered of every stronghold in the name of Jesus. That's why we can lay hands on the sick and pray in the name of Jesus and they shall recover. That's why we can walk in righteousness in the name of Jesus. We can raise the dead, the Bible says, in the name of Jesus. You can preach in power in the name of Jesus. You can be baptized in the name of Jesus. You can walk in unity and anointing in the name of Jesus. The Bible says you can be washed and sanctified and justified in the name of Jesus you can be saved in the name of Jesus hallelujah Yeshua we only need Jesus now Jesus 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 that's why you get into Acts chapter 4 is the church is a baby and it's starting to boom and grow and here Peter and John are going to the temple at the hour of prayer and there's a man lame from his mother's womb and he's begging of silver and gold and, and what does Peter say? Silver and gold, that's not what's so important right now. Well, we've got, the, we've got something that you need. Peter got the revelation. He said, we've got something that you can take and it is greater than anything money could ever buy you. He says, we in the name of Jesus rise up and walk and a man who had never walked lame from his mother's womb was up jumping, leaping, dancing and running and to the temple. Let me tell you what. All because of the power that is in a name that was released on that man's life that day. Hallelujah. Man, the authorities got mad. This, this cripple is now healed and he won't shut up and he's gone everywhere. Oh, I wish today we would get some more of that in us. That we get so excited about God. We get so excited about what Jesus has done for us that we wouldn't shut up that we would make some of the evil folks and evil authorities nervous because they know that the name of Jesus is greater than any authority and power they have. And they didn't like it, and they called Peter and John in and said, we're going to lock you up. Then they took them before the council and said, you know what? what? By what power and by what name have you done this? We know this man's been lame from his... We know who he is. By what name? By what name have you done this? And the Bible says, Peter, full of the Holy Ghost. I love Peter, full of the Holy Ghost. Peter, without the Holy Ghost, he was cutting off ears and cussing people and backsliding on God. But full of the Holy Ghost, he's a man of faith. And he tells them that by the name of Jesus Christ, whom you crucified, but God raised from the dead, by him this man stands before you whole. This is the stone which the, reject, the builders rejected, which has become the chief cornerstone. And then look at verse 12. Verse 12, I have it up here for you. He says, There is no other name under heaven by which man shall be saved. He said, There is no other name under heaven. And the word saved there is not getting your name written in the Lamb's book of life only. It's sozo. It means if you're, if you're sick, healed. If you're bondage, delivered. If you're in poverty, more than enough. If you're sad, glad. If you're broken, repaired. If you're defeated, you're victorious. Sozo means all of that and so much, so much more. He says, there's no other name under heaven given among men by which you might get all of that but the name of Jesus. And you know what those jerks did? They saw the boldness of Peter and John and they perceived that these uneducated and untrained men had greater authority than they had. They couldn't figure out how they got it other than this name. So what they told them to do, we're going to let you go. We're going to let you go on one, 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 one clause here. You've got to do this. He says, we, he says that they severely threatened them and says, now go, but speak to no man in this name. 
The devil through these false authorities were saying, we don't want you talking in this name. Don't talk to no man in this name. Because when you talk in this name, what they were saying, when you talk in this name, we lose our hold. Sickness loses its hold. Bondage loses its hold. Death loses its hold. Destruction loses its hold. They were saying, don't talk to no man, no man in this name. So they called them and commanded them in verse 18 of Acts. It says, do not speak at all, nor teach in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered and said to them, whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you more than God, you judge. As far as us, we cannot but speak the things that we've seen and heard. And they declared, we're going to use the name of Jesus and the church is alive on the 21st century, alive right now because these men would not be threatened and would not back down and they meditated on the name of Jesus and they got to the point they began to walk on the bridge of the strength of His name and the miracles of God are here even today because of men and women just like them. Hallelujah. Jesus declared, use my name. Use my name. In Mark 16, 17, and 18, he said, These signs will follow you if you believe. In my name, just as Jesus talking now, in my name, you're going to cast out demons. What the devil thought he had was his for a lifetime. He's going to have to forfeit, him, he's got to forfeit his stolen rights. Because he wasn't rightfully in, in, in that place of authority anyway. Sin gave him that. Adam gave him that. The first Adam. But the last Adam made a way that we could use his name and we could cast out these demons. We could break their stronghold. So in my name you'll cast out demons. In my name you'll speak with new tongues. In my name you'll take up serpents. And he don't want you picking up snakes. But he knew snakes was going to be attaching themselves to you just like one attached itself to Paul. You remember? What did he do to that viper? Shook it off. Shook it off back in the fire. When you're building a fire for God, and I'm talking about a physical fire, that was all a story to give you an understanding. When you're building a fire for God, and you're bringing the power of God then manifest on this earth, vipers are going to be trying to latch hold of you. And don't you be afraid of the vipers. Don't you be afraid of the devil and what he's trying to do against you. Whatever he brings against you, just shake it off. Just shake it off. That's all you got to do. Because in my name, serpents will come against you, but you will not be harmed. You'll drink something deadly. The devil will try to poison you, but it will not by any means hurt you, Jesus said. Because in my name, you'll do these things, and in my name, you'll lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He's been given a name. He's been given a name. Oh, there's power in his name. There's power in his name. So now when you have need of something, you go and don't go through your list. Is it Jehovah Shema? No. Is it Jehovah Sikhanu? No. Is it Jehovah Shalom? No. Is it, is it Jehovah Rapha? Oh no, that's healer. Jehovah. What is it? Just say Yeshua. Jesus. 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 Provision come in the name of Jesus. Strongholds be loosed in the name of Jesus. That's all you got to do. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And let me close with this. He's been given a name. And he has given us his name. Yeah. Philippians 2, 5 through 11. I love this chiasmus. It's a chiasmus. What is that? It's a form of literature. See, God create, is so creative. He uses so many different things to reveal himself to us in his word and to explain depth and level and measure of himself. Remember, when you meditate like an engineer, 
when you study the torque of the bolt, when you study the, 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 the strength of the steel that is in the rafter or in the, uh, the tr trussle of, of, of the bridge, when you study it like an engineer and become confident that it can hold you, and then you get up as the engineer and walk across the bridge, that's meditate, that's kashab. He wants you to kashab his name. And when you do, he says, in a book of remembrance, I'm so moved by this, I will, I will record what you're doing. He, he gets your, you get God's attention. Hallelujah. So in this uh, uh, chiasmus, back in Philippians 2, 5 through 11, this form of literature, this is an engineer studying. Not only is God revealing this to us, but He's revealing it to us with a certain form of literature that's not the normal part of the writing of a letter that Paul was writing. Now, why would God do that? He's giving us understanding in a depth, deeper level. And a chiasmus is a form of literature. It's much like a structure. Think of a form of literature like a hymn. Anybody remember what a hymn is? And I'm not talking about a man. <laughs> hymnal. Remember the hymnal and the hymn? You read verse 1, you sing verse 1, then you go down and you sing what? The, the chorus. Then you go up and ring, re, uh, sing verse 2, and then you go down and you go back and, re, and sing what? The chorus. And then you, if you're Baptist, you skip verse 3. We don't know why <laughs> the Baptists do that. I grew up 17 years in the Baptist church. We always skip verse 3. And we sing verse 4, and then we go back to the chorus. That's a... A hymn is a form of literature, and you know by its form that you're not going to go one, two, three, four, and then that last bit, of course, you go back and forth. Well, a chiasmus is a form of literature that if I was to draw it out, it looks like steps going down into a basement, and then at the other end of the basement, there are steps that come back up uh, to a higher place. So that's the form of literature that the Holy Ghost is using with the Apostle Paul in giving us Philippians 2, 5 through 11. Now let's see how that fits. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, he's at the top, he's God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but he made of himself what? No reputation. He took a step down. Taking on the form of a bondservant, he takes a step down. Coming to this earth in the likeness of men, he comes down even another step. And he's found in the appearance as a man, he humbled himself. Even as a man, he's not a prideful man. He takes another step down, he humbles himself. Even to the point of death, he's willing to, even as the Son of God, allow his son to die as a humble man. Another step down. But then it goes and it says, not just any death, but the death of the cross. The electric chair of that day. The crucifixion. That he's willing to go that low. He's willing to go that low. Now that's the steps coming down. Now Jesus did that, we know. But look what happened by him doing that. Verse 9 of Philippians 2 says this, Therefore, God has highly exalted him. So now he's turning him back up. And he's given him a name. A name. Now get this. Jesus did all of that to encapsulate a name. Now look at what happens with him in this name. And he's given him this name which is now going to be above every name. Cancer. Poverty. Bankruptcy. 
all of that has this puny, puny compared to the name of Jesus. That at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. Did you get that? Be the engineer. Study the torque on the bridge of this name. Every knee has to bow to this name in heaven, on earth, and under the earth. That's what the Word of God says. It says even under the earth. And every tongue must confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. He's come all the way back up and ascended on high, but now with a name that has gone through the plow, has gone through the waves, has gone through the fire, has gone through the flood, has gone through even the death of a cross so that nothing can claim power over it, that now this name is above every name and He has given us the authority and the right to not only have a relationship with Him in and through His name, but to use His name and execute His power where it needs to be here on earth in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeshua. Jesus. 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 You need to learn. Before you walk on the bridge, see, you have a bridge over troubled water. You have a bridge over every attempt and every attack of the enemy. You have a bridge over every infirmity. You have a bridge over every means of poverty that would try to hold you down. You have a bridge over every rob, uh, thief that would come in and rob you of your joy and rob you of peace. You have a bridge over troubled water. But God says, I know you. Unless you examine this bridge, and know that this will hold you up and take you above all that the devil's trying to take you under with, you'll never walk on it. He says, so I challenge you. So much so that I got a book of remembrance. I'll write you down. I'll write your activity. I will, I will have rewards for you like you can only imagine. You will bring my heart into your situation of excitement if you'll study my name to the point you'll start using my name. Some of you still got the torque wrench and you pushing down and you says 3,000 pounds of pressure per inch. It, it, yeah. This would hold, a, uh, you know, the, 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 the weightiest ship, not a, just a train. The largest cargo ship in the world fully loaded. Could, this bridge could handle it. But you've not yet convinced that it'll handle you and your trouble. And you're not getting on it. I'm saying tonight, let's examine it but let's also honor the Lord by standing on it. Not just the intellectual. Not just the religious talk. You meet some folk so religious, but they're so broke, so bound, so messed up. Always a victim. But they speak such religious stuff. They're still under the bridge examining it and owing and on and all that God is and does. But you got to get up. And you got to say, I believe it so much, I'm going to walk on it. You got to use the name of Jesus. You got to say, every knee must bow the name of Jesus. And every tongue must confess, you're the Lord, you're in charge. So, cancer, bow your knees. Bow your knees. You're not the Lord of this body. You're not taking this body out. You got to confess, Jesus is the Lord of this body. 
So bow to the name of Jesus. Poverty, bondage, addiction, whatever it is, it's got to bow. You've got to step up over it as you step up on the name of Jesus. You've got to start using the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Using the name of Jesus. Jesus says, in my name, cast out demons. In my name, lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. In my name, in my name, the devil's going to try to kill you, but it won't harm you because you've got my name. Yeshua. Jesus. Jesus. Hallelujah. Father God, we thank you that you loved us so much that you gave us your only begotten son whom you named Jesus. You sent an angel and told his earthly father that was to give him care and covering as he grew up nurtured. Name him Jesus. Because here in this 21st century you wanted us to be able as Peter and John did in the name of Jesus come against every stronghold in the name of Jesus come against every work of the devil that you wanted us in the name of Jesus to put a stop to the enemy having free for all in our lives as we put a stop to it in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus that we might be saved in the name of Jesus delivered in the name of Jesus set free next level promotion in the name of Jesus hallelujah oh God let us tonight as engineers who have kashabed your name let us not only study it test the weight of it in theory but let us practically now climb up on top of it and go up out of this place in the name of Jesus there's no other name under heaven given among men that they might be saved. And Father, I pray if there's anybody here under the sound of my voice, whether through recording or whether here present in person, who has not bowed their knees and bowed their lives and bowed their hearts to you, Jesus, and confessed you as Lord, they would do so right now. They would say, Jesus, 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 come into my heart. Come into my life. I yield myself to you. Jesus, I will not be forced to bow to your name and then find eternal judgment for violating your name. No, Jesus, tonight I bow my heart and I bow my knee and I bow my life to you. And I declare your Lordship. Would you declare His Lordship over your life now? Jesus, Jesus, You are my Lord. Jesus, Jesus, and You are my Savior. Thank You for giving me Your name, a rite of passage, a rite of authority, a rite of power. And I promise You, go ahead and tell Him, I promise You, Lord, that I will go out and I will put an end to what the enemy's been doing in my life as I come against him in your name. Thy kingdom come.
Go ahead and tell him, Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.